welcome to the NOLA Drink Show. Join us as we explore the world of drink, food, and culture in New Orleans and beyond. Here's your host, Brian Diaz. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to the show. Brian Diaz here with you. Thanks for joining me, friends, right here on the NOLA Drink Show. Happy to have you with us on the program this time around. Yeah, you know, we did this last year, and we're doing it again. Why? Because it's a cool thing. We're talking about Old Fashioned Week, which uh, starts tomorrow, Friday, October 13th, and runs through the 22nd. And what's it all about? Well, if you didn't hear the show last year, if you don't already know what's it about, it's sponsored by Elijah Craig, which is part of the Heaven Hill family. And the gist of it is you go to a local participating bar or restaurant, get an old fashioned between those dates that I just mentioned, the 13th through the 22nd, and $1 will go to a good cause. It will go to the Southern Smoke Foundation, which is a great foundation uh, based out of Houston, Texas. And they support the hospitality industry, and they do so in a couple very important ways. They do other stuff, but the two big programs they have are an emergency relief fund for those who find themselves in sudden need if they're a hospo industry member, and also supporting health and wellness. And specifically, uh, they help people offset the costs of mental health care. So uh, great stuff. We're going to get into all of this, of course, and let you know all about the Southern Smoke Foundation, let you know all about Old Fashioned Week, how you can participate, how you can participate if you're actually uh, a hospitality spot, if you're a bar or a restaurant, not too late to go register if you want to get on board. And uh, my guests are fantastic. Uh, Lynn House, who is the spirit specialist and portfolio mixologist for Heaven Hill, which Elijah Craig is part of the Heaven Hill brand family. And uh, Lynn's awesome. Lynn was on last year uh, when we talked about uh, Old Fashioned Week. Uh, at that time, joined by Chris Shepard, Chef Chris Shepard, who is um, the founder of the Southern Smoke Foundation. This time around, representing the Southern Smoke Foundation, is our good pal, Caroline Neighbors. And uh, you may know Caroline because Caroline used to run Tales of the Cocktail and uh, had been on the show a bunch of times, and, and just a good friend of mine, and a good friend of ours, good friend of the community, the spirits community, the drinks business, the hospitality community, and so uh, Caroline is now the Director of Development and Marketing for the Southern Smoke Foundation. So we're going to hear all about them, we're going to hear about all about Old Fashioned Week, we're going to hear about how easy it is for you to simply amble up to the bar, order an Old Fashioned, and help raise some money for a good time, and you're supporting the hospitality industry at your favorite venue while you do it. Hey, we're going to have some upcoming shows pretty soon. One of the shows we're working on, not sure exactly when that one's going to drop. Still putting the pieces together, but we're going to be talking to some award-winning independent spirit makers. That'll be a lot of fun. Hey, what we're going to do, we're going to bounce right over to our featured interview after this short break. And uh, yeah, and I'll be back to uh, close things out after we talk to Lynn and Caroline. Come on back. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Brian Diaz here with you. Thanks for joining me on the NOLA Drink Show. Friends, yeah, we are chatting about Old Fashioned Week. You know that. And I am pleased to be welcoming 
my next guests here. Both are return guests, return victims, as I like to say, to the show. Uh, first up is Lynn House, who is the spirit specialist and portfolio mixologist for Heaven Hill. Did I, I got it right, Lynn, right? That time? You got it right. Okay, cool. I said I told you I'd say it the full version twice, and then we'll we'll, we'll call you, as you said, the shaky, shaky girl for, for Heaven Hill. Uh, and they, Elijah Craig is a part of the Heaven Hill family, and they are sponsoring Old Fashioned Week. We'll get into that. And my good buddy, Caroline Neighbors, who is the development director and marketing director for the Southern Smoke Foundation. Caroline, how are you? Doing well. Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you here. And you're actually uh, in our orbit here. You're uh, there on Bourbon Street. And I mean, and you're, when I say that, I need to qualify that because this is audio only. So it's not like you're, you know, doing karaoke or <laughs> singing heart tunes at the top of your lungs or anything like that. It's a, you're, you're at a friend's place. That's right. I'm home basing. You know, I try to get back to New Orleans at least two or three months out of the year. And I'm lucky to have a friend that is letting us take care of his amazing home on the residential side of Bur- Bourbon Street. So. Yeah, that, that's so a, I'm, I'm in the mix. That's when you told me we were talking about this. Nothing uh, up from the 1000 block of Bourbon Street is is a different world. That's right. Mm-hmm. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Well, y'all, hey, we're talking about Old Fashioned Week, which is a great event. Uh, Lynn, you were on the show with me last year, along with uh, Chris Shepard, who is the founder, and we'll get into this, of the Southern Smoke Foundation. Uh, and Lynn, why don't we start with you? Can you just tell us a little bit about what Old Fashioned Week is, uh, when, it, when it's happening, and um, just how people can participate for a great cause? Absolutely. So Old Fashioned Week, this is our fourth year presenting Old Fashioned Week with Elijah Craig. I mean, it happens in October, so I just realized it is October. <laughs> so, <laughs> this year has flown by. I was going to say it happens next month, but no, it's this one, um, October 13th through the 22nd. And we are celebrating a couple of things. We're celebrating a classic cocktail, the cocktail, the old-fashioned, um, which is really just the definition of a true cocktail. Um, we're celebrating Elijah Craig, who's known as the father of modern bourbon, and we are celebrating our community, um, particularly with our partnership with Southern Smoke, as well as all the thousands of accounts that are signed up for Old Fashioned Week, getting people into their seats, enjoying Old Fashions, um, you know, patronizing those establishments, and then helping raise money for a really, really great cause and, and, and putting it back to community. Awesome. Do me a favor, Lynn, because you, you touched on this. Uh, it's really easy for patrons to participate, right? I mean, this is about as easy as it gets. If you like an old fashioned, all you got to do is show up somewhere, uh, a place that's registered to do this. You just got to drink, right? Yeah. And then you got to drink. I mean, come on, how hard and can like it be to help out? For charity. It's a great thing. So, so uh, we're also partnered with Eater. So you can go to eater.com and you can put in your zip code. You can also go into our website, oldfashionedweek.com, put in your zip code and it will tell you all of the establishments within your area or if you're visiting somewhere and you know that zip code uh, that are participating in Old Fashioned Week. So just to, to add to that, so basically all people have to do is they find a participating bar, go order an Old Fashioned, and then a portion of the proceeds uh, are, that's the charitable portion of this, right? And then they're donated to the Southern Smoke Foundation? Correct. So for all of the accounts that are participating, we're tracking this. And so for every Old Fashioned that is sold, enjoyed and um, we are donating one dollar to the southern smoke foundation with a goal of raising over a hundred thousand dollars awesome fantastic and we're going to get into that in a minute because last year was a smashing success how many uh how many bars do we know lynn thus far that we have or has it grown maybe even just has it grown in participation it's, from last year 
Well, it's grown. So last year we actually was, this is our fourth year. And so last year we actually hit international audience as well. Um, when we had over 4,000 bars across the, the world participate, um, we are currently at about 3,200 bars, um, again, internationally and nationally that are signed up already. And uh, we're continuing to sign up more and more accounts up through and throughout that entire week. So people, if, if you're a bar owner or, you know, uh, just an employee or something and you want to get involved, it's not too late, right? You can go to the website and register your bar to participate? Absolutely. It's not too late. And what's great about it is, like I said, we're also helping put, you know, butts and seats in these bars. Um, we were talking earlier just really what it hit everybody took from COVID. And there's a lot of businesses still coming back, still trying to, you know, bring in revenue. And this is a great way for accounts that are partnering with us and who are celebrating Old Fashioned Week to steer customers towards their seats, drinks, enjoy, um, so again, it's just a really, really great benefit to company and you get to have, um, get to have fun while you're doing it. Right. I mean, that's what we're saying. It's as easy as pie and it's enjoyable and you're helping out a good charitable cause. Let's do this. Let's turn our attention to said charitable cause. Last year, y'all raised over $109,000, uh, from old fashioned week and the beneficiary, your partner last year, as is this year is the Southern Smoke Foundation. And uh, Caroline, do me a favor, uh, tell us about the Southern Smoke Foundation. Yeah, so the Southern Smoke Foundation is here to help food and beverage workers in need. Uh, That's the very short answer. Uh, We have given back over $11 million to food and beverage workers, and we do that through our emergency relief funds. So if you're a food and beverage worker, you're based in the U.S., you work at least 30 hours a week, and that can be through multiple jobs, you qualify. Um, we don't have a minimum or an exact amount that we give to uh, food and beverage workers in need. It's on a case-by-case basis. And we have real live uh, folks that can talk to you, text, email with you. And then we also have a free mental health care program in five different states. That's California, Texas, Louisiana, Illinois, and New York. And those are free mental health care sessions for food and beverage workers, their partners, and their dependents. And that's how we help. And, you know, one stat I like to tell everybody is we're so grateful to partners like Elijah Craig and champions like Lynn because of every dollar that comes in, um, at least 85 cents goes immediately right back out the door to help. So um, that, we're and, super you know, honored. Yeah, and I I, I want to reiterate that point, Caroline, because and you you know this being a veteran from nonprofits as as am I. Mm-hmm. When you start talking about eighty five percent going to program, a lot of people don't understand this. That's a remarkable number. I'm not going to name names, but when you talk about certain other charities, lots of times that number can be as low as like fifteen twenty percent. And in this case, eighty five percent going directly to the beneficiaries. You can't overstate how impressive that is, and because you got to pay the bills, right? I mean, the foundation has to pay people, lights have to be on, you got to have transportation, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, having a nonprofit, we always, we obviously have to function, but it's, it's a number that I'm really proud of. And I think that, you know, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is being very transparent and, um, and that's just, that's a really great number if you know nonprofit. Right. And it's one that I'm really proud of just to know that, more than a majority of your dollars are going directly back out to help those in need. Awesome. Right. I would also add on from what you say with nonprofits, you know, when you're donating, there's often processing fees associated with that. And um, Elijah Craig um, is absorbing all of those. So when we say we're donating, 
$100,000. We're donating $100,000. Okay. We are absorbing all of the processing costs that goes to that. So again, I think there's just that really great comfort that, you know, those of you all who are supporting it will understand that this dollar, this cocktail is really going directly to help somebody in need. Thank you for saying that, Lynn, because that's actually something not to give short shrift to either because the, the transaction fees and things like that can be sizable. And so the fact that you guys are absorbing that is really remarkable. Um, Lynn, let me ask you this question. And I'm going to come back to you, Caroline, because I want you to, if you don't mind, detail yeah. some of the the, pro, the two main programs, mental health and, and emergency relief and how they work. But Lynn, how did you guys come to choose, I guess, I believe last year was the first year that y'all worked with Southern Smoke. Um, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. How, yes. how did you guys come to, to partner with them and what made made you guys want to get with Southern Smoke and do this? Well, since actually day one of Old Fashioned Week, we have indirectly worked with Southern Smoke. So for the first two years, we were partnered with the Restaurant Workers um, Organization, and they actually took those funds and divvied them up to separate charities, with Southern Smoke being one of the charities. So a portion of what we've been raising from the first year has already gone to Southern Smoke. And last year, we really wanted just to kind of focus in on one charity. And um, we really loved what Southern Smoke was doing. Um, They cover so many different things with assistance, with mental health care. Uh, These all fall into the pillars of our company, um, supporting community, supporting uh, mental health, um, providing need. And um, it just seemed like a win-win situation for us. You know, their, their organization matched our core values and, we, we know at Southern Smoke, the feeling was vice versa. Right. Okay, great. Lynn missed me. I think she missed me. <laughs> and I did, Carol and I worked together a lot during Tales of the Cocktail. I used to be on the committees. <laughs> right. That's right. I remember that. that exactly. <laughs> and I mean, Caroline, we were talking, we were joking about this when I saw you at Tales because I hadn't seen you in a while and I didn't know you were working for Southern Smoke. I just knew you were yeah. living the good life down in Mexico City and all that kind of stuff. And I had no idea. And it was like, it was great to see you. So, yeah, how long have you been with Southern Smoke? Yeah, so I've been with Southern Smoke for um, a year and a half. And it was one of the things that Tails is a beautiful, wonderful beast. But I was there through the transition from a for-profit to a non-profit. And I remember I yelled to everyone from the top of my lungs, I'm not doing non-profits anymore. But uh, Chris and Lindsay, uh, who are co-founders, and Lindsay Brown, who is our executive director now, um, I was just so blown away with the impact of the work that they're doing um, that when I had the opportunity to come back and really create these partnerships and really focus on that development side and uh, focus on partnerships and marketing, I was like, okay, I'll come back for y'all. And I absolutely love it. I mean, it's it's amazing to see this impact and to be able to work with a lot of my old buddies. Yeah, outstanding. Well, let me ask you this question, and I'll start with you, Caroline, and then Lynn, uh, please feel free to add on to this. Well, let's let's go with the um, the mental health aspect first. Um, we can talk about the, the the counseling sessions and give us a little bit of the specifics of how that works, Caroline. But also, I'd like to have a broader conversation. And we've talked, you both probably know this, we, we've talked a lot about this topic on this show over the years. And one of the things that I like to say is that, you know, it's so important that we we enjoy going to hospitality spaces. It's part of our culture in, in so many areas of the country, areas of the world, and especially here in New Orleans, of course. And it's so important that those that take care of us in those hospitality spaces are taken care of. And I think a lot of people don't really realize 
the stress and strain that can come from working hours when most other humans don't work. You are working around alcohol, that work-life balance thing that comes with sometimes the off hours. You've got to constantly be on if you're, if you're front of house and dealing with customers or constantly working in a hot and small kitchen if you're working in the back. So, uh, and I, I mean, I, I'll shut up now. So please just, I mean, like, why is this so important? And I think people don't realize what a salient issue and what a critical issue this is in the industry. So Caroline, do you want to expand yeah, on that? Or, yeah, yeah, please. Um, I mean, absolutely. It was really funny because someone the other day I was talking with and they said, you know, we've seen, and, and this isn't obviously the case for all cities, but in so many cities across the U.S., like going to a movie or going to the ballet or the theater has really been replaced with going out to dinner, right? Like going to bars, uh, enjoying these spaces and, just like many of the other performing arts, the margins are so low and it takes a lot. It takes a lot of people in a restaurant. It is an orchestrated theater every single night to create the ambiance and the food. And especially during COVID, as we all know, it was just, it was, if not the most, one of the most affected industries. And I think that we are still peeling back the layers of that onion of the impact that it's had. And our co-founder, Chris Shepard, sat down. It was actually around the time that uh, we lost Anthony Bourdain, and it was right after our festival. And it was a closed-door session with all the individuals that had come, um, chefs and bartenders, to really help, help raise money for the foundation. And they said, what do we need? And they said, we're, we're lacking in this mental health uh, arena because it's expensive. I mean, I have insurance. I'm very fortunate to have insurance and it's still expensive. And so somebody that's working a shift and has is a single mom and has two kids at home, like you can't justify $75 to $200 a week for something like that. And so I've got to give it to our chief mission officer, uh, Kat Bill, uh, our executive director at the time, Chris and Lindsay, they got together and they were like, we aren't the experts. But we do know that these universities have these amazing programs, and they're actually the PhD, PhD students' training programs, and they needed hours. And during COVID, no one could go in person, and it was always an in-person, you have to get your hours and go in person. And that was the beautiful thing about COVID for so many of, it, of us is it opened up this virtual connecting world that we're in now. And so we partnered with the universities, and we said, we will pay you. You know, we have our own students that we pay for them to get their hours um, and they get great quality care. They have an attending that helps through all of it. These are very passionate people. Um, So it helps higher education. It helps these universities. It helps our industry. And it's what's really exciting is we're just seeing the exponential success of this behind you program. So we were in New York two weeks ago. We just launched another university, NYU. We've been with Yeshiva. We're about to launch our second university in Texas. And we're just excited. Again, we are not the experts, but we're excited that we've found an avenue to connect the experts with the people that need it the most at an affordable rate. And we do six months or 60 sessions that are free. And then after that, it's still up in the air, depending, but we're looking at like $10 lifelong sessions after that. So that's really, you know, we're we're excited to grow that. And so much of this funding goes to help that. Awesome. Lynn, I know um, we talked about this a little bit with you last time, but being 
a service industry veteran yourself, you, you've experienced some of these things directly firsthand, the, the importance of, of mental health and wellness in the industry. Can you, you know, from that perspective, can you add on to that a little bit? Absolutely. So I have been in the industry since I was 19 years old. I'm a little older. <laughs> so, so, so a couple years well, is what you're saying? So just two, just two years. No. <laughs> um, but I worked restaurants, bars, hotels, you know, front, back of the house, management for many, many years. It's how I sustained. It's how I raised my family. And, you know, what you brought up, those hours are very stressful. You know, being a parent having my kids in school and then going and working every night from four to midnight and then turning around and having, you know, you're, you're wired when you get home and then you fall asleep at two and then you've got to wake up at six to take the kid to school. And so there's that stress of that, that work-life balance is very hard to find in the hospitality industry. And I think what we, what COVID really healed the bandaid away on is just how vulnerable we are. You know, so many people don't have financial um, literacy in this industry. Um, most people, you know, I was lucky. I have a military dad who made me put eight months of savings away from <laughs> I was little. Um, but I knew a lot of people who were like, I've only got one month, you know. And so the stress of that, um, we had, I live in Chicago. We had full shutdowns for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. We were one of the last um cities in this country to open up again. We didn't really open until last summer. So a lot of people went almost two years without work. So if you're without work, without health benefits, the stress of COVID, you lost somebody, you know, the financial situation. Um, I saw firsthand when I was coming up, I the stress, but I saw really a lot of people who I'm really good friends with just really struggle. Um, and we still don't talk about mental health in this country the way that we should. We don't fund mental health the way that we should. It's it's like breaking your foot. It's like, you know, having pneumonia. It is an illness that needs to be treated um, and sometimes needs lifelong treatment. Um, I myself, you know, saw a mental health professional for three years to deal with all the stress, and it was very, very beneficial for me. So that's, I think, really the greatest part of Southern Smoke, what you're doing with this program Um because that is the topic in the hospitality industry right now is we realize how vulnerable we are, how important mental health is. We saw a lot of people have issues with addiction, particularly coming out of COVID, pre-COVID as well. And um, to have a resource um, to kind of act as a, as a first stop or as a continuous support is really important. And so we're just so proud. As I said, mental health um, at Heaven Hill is one of our pillars. Um, that we are investing in. And so to partner up with um, Southern Smoke this year and knowing that this programming is, is ongoing is, is just, it's fantastic. Awesome. Let's do this, you two. Let's, uh, let's take a little break here on the show. Uh, then we're going to come back. Uh, we're going to talk about the other principal program at Southern Smoke Foundation, which Caroline mentioned, the emergency relief program. We're going to talk about Elijah Craig. We're going to remind you of how you can get involved in this. And we're actually going to talk about what, what is an old-fashioned. Most of you are probably rolling your eyes going, I know what an old-fashioned is. But we'll get, a little, we'll get into a little more detail on that front, too. Friends, we're going to take a little break here on the NOLA Drink Show. Come on back. All 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Brian Diaz here with you. We are chatting with Lynn and Caroline. We are talking about Old Fashioned Week, and we are talking about the Southern Smoke Foundation. We are talking about Elijah Craig, and we kind of gave you the scoop on what Old Fashioned Week is at the beginning of the show. We got into one of the two main programs of the Southern Smoke Foundation. We'll get into the other one, the emergency relief efforts, in just a moment. But, uh, Lynn, I, we were joking before we went on the air. I, I said I was going to ask you, you know, what is an Old Fashioned? And I said probably 99.9% of the people who listen I don't know how the hell you would listen to this show, actually, if you didn't know what an old fashioned was, to be honest with you. But there might be some people out there that are a little confused or maybe they don't know a ton about it. Can you tell people um, what it is and and really why is it such a quintessential cocktail? Well, the old fashioned is a quintessential cocktail because it literally encapsulates the definition of a cocktail. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, that was an easy the, question. <laughs> that was the easy question. There you go. Uh, but for a little history for everybody. So while there's a lot of different theories about where the word cocktail comes from, we know in 1806 in a New England journal, the balance and composition, the word cocktail is where we see in print for the first time. It is a spirit, bitter, water, sugar. Um, and that's how cocktails were made. You could change the base of your spirits. You could always change what you, your sugar was. You could always change what bitters that you had in it. Um, but a cocktail was spirit, bitter, water, sugar. And that is exactly what an old fashioned is. It is spirit. And in our case, Elijah Craig, either bourbon or the rye, um, bitters. Or, or, or both. Know. Or both. I like or the both. split base. Sorry. You can do just a split to, base. Okay. Yeah. Or both. Um, I'm also from the Midwest. They do brandy up here. I was in Wisconsin a couple of weeks, and so there's brandy old fashions there. But um, we celebrate it with with the grain spirits, um, bitters, sugar, and then that water, that ice that's in there. Um, and if you look at so many different cocktail recipes, classic cocktail recipes, they follow that format. It's a spirit, bitter, sugar, and water. And the word old fashioned really comes to uh, from as newfangled cocktails, New Orleans is very important for that. We know with like Santini creating the Brandy Cresta, the very first extra fancy cocktail, people were creating super fancy cocktails. But if you wanted a traditional cocktail, you wanted it the old fashioned way, you called for an old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I like two ounces of my base spirit, um, a quarter ounce of what's sweet, um, some bitters. I like to do for a traditional one, just a nice little mixture of Agostorin. I like to add little orange bitters in mine because uh, it wakes up the rye that's in those bases. And then give it a nice stir, fresh ice, and either a really delicious cherry on top. Nothing that glows, please. <laughs> and, uh, none of the day glow crunchy cherries. I'm for, like, formaldehyde. Do do? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, I love them as a kid. And now that I'm older, I'm really scared to think about the millions that are probably still just like in my stomach, not digesting. Um, and then I like to express a little fresh orange zest on top of that there too. So, okay. That's so yeah. Let me ask you one other sort of technical question. Um, what about the proof point of the spirit? Because I think, you know, we see in the whiskey world, we see a lot of variation these days of, of what proof. We can be really, really high in proof. And we're getting down to some which are like in 80 proof. And I always kind of fall. I think you need a little bit of proof in this drink, right, to kind of cut through the sugar and all that stuff. Absolutely. I think with any cocktail, you need a little bit of proof once you start mixing other ingredients in it, right? Because you want to taste the base. Um, so Elijah Craig is 94 proof, which I think is a really, really great proof. Um, kind of 90 plus is where I like to go to with my spirits when I'm mixing, um, just so that that foundation sings in that final cocktail. 
If you're doing something a little higher proof, maybe you're going to want to stir it just a little longer to bring that dilution point down to it. But there are a lot of people, you know, who like it big, bad, and bold. And so, you know, to each their own, drink what you like. If you need something a little lighter or if it's summer, then, you know, something a little lower proof will work nicely. That's a great call. Uh, Let me ask you this too, because on the Old Fashioned Week website, which is oldfashionedweek.com, we'll remind you of that. You guys got, there's a recipe for the classic old fashioned, pretty much what you just said, Lynn, but then there's um, some really lovely variations. Are there, is there a variation or two that maybe are one of your favorites or two of your favorites that you'd like to mention? Well, Caroline will remember this from this summer. So we did a lovely kickoff for Old Fashioned Week. And um, I have a little secret when I'm making syrups. I use jams and jellies. Um, That way I can um, get lots of different flavors. I'm not cooking down fruits. And so this summer I did a peach melba old-fashioned for our event where I took peach jam and raspberry jam, those flavors of the peach melba, and cooked them down into a syrup. And then I used um, some old-fashioned bitters that had, like, cinnamon and baking spices in it. And with the whiskey, it was really, really delightful. It wasn't too sweet. That pop of fruit was really nice. Um, right now, it's we're in autumn here. Um, the leaves are starting to turn here in Chicago. And so apples, this is apple season for us. Um, there's some really wonderful, like, apple cider syrups that are out there. Um, so an apple cider, you know, cider uh, old-fashioned is delicious. Mm. Um, and then for dessert, I like to do um, chocolate bitters. It doesn't sweeten up the cocktail, but it makes it for a really lovely after dinner drink. That sounds really good. Did you on the peach melba one? Did you use uh, bourbon or did you use rye? Because I'm almost thinking what you're describing rye might push the baking spice a little too far, or was that kind of what you were going I used, for? I used bourbon. Okay. I used bourbon. I drew a lot of inspiration um, from cocktails from my family, and my grandma Beulah was a bourbon drinker, and she used to make her killer peach melba. So that uh, cocktail was an honor of her. So beautiful, awesome. Caroline, any thoughts you want to add there on, do you have a favorite variation of the old fashioned? How do you prefer? I mean, any, anything that Lynn and Alba make, I'm in. Okay. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was just standing around this past summer. I was like, I'll take whatever they're making. Uh, no, I mean, literally like I surround myself and I do think it's like wonderful when you can have those little bit of seasonal twists to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and apple sounds amazing. I wonder if, Chris Hanna would make me something with apple in it right now. I, I, I think bet, I could sure he would. I bet he would. I bet he would. If if he's Just tell if, him I told him you had to. Yeah, exactly. I'll say you're, only your first, Chris. There you go, exactly, Chris. And I'll say the only reason why he wouldn't is because you know he might be on the road doing some guest bar pop up somewhere overseas, which is also very possible. Every time I go in there at Jewel of the South, very fine restaurant and bar, friends, if you don't know it, go check it out with the one and only Chris Hanna there. Yeah, he like it's every other time he's in there. Because then every other time it's like he's in Madrid or Barcelona or something like that doing stuff. But Caroline, let me let me ask you uh, this question. So we talked about the mental health program at the Southern Smoke Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the emergency relief program in a little more detail about how that works and and you know kind of what what qualifies for people as yeah. as that kind of relief or needing that relief. Yeah. So just like with all of our programs, you need to think you need to qualify to be a current food and beverage uh, employee. And that means working 30 hours a week, one job, multiple jobs. It doesn't matter. Um, and from there, you you can qualify. And, and really, the, the, the sentence that we always say is it has to be an unforeseen 
um, expense or an unforeseen circumstance. So uh, we, you know, we always have the example of you're a server or you're a bar back and you're with your kids and you're in the park and you sprain your ankle and you're not able to go into your shifts at work. Well, you could apply and you could apply for not just your rent, but for everything that would really like encapsulate underneath that time. Um, I always tell people to apply and to be very open because eight or nine times out of 10, what ends up happening is we end up giving people more money than they requested. And that's just because we want people to really be able to get back on equal footing. So if you're out for three weeks because you have a broken foot and you can't work your shift, well, yes, you're going to have to have your rent covered, but you're also going to have to make sure your cell phone bill is covered. And you're also going to have to make sure that your electricity is paid. And so we really want to like look at that whole picture and encompass that. And, you know, another story that we tell all the time is we, we fund everything from $500 to we funded someone for a hundred thousand um, oh, dollars. There was an owner of a restaurant who, had insurance, but the insurance would only cover up to X amount of dollars. And he was driving back on his motorcycle from closing down the pizza joint one night and someone hit him and he had to have uh, a brain surgery. And we were very fortunate that his mom had all of the information lined up. So uh, we were able to like see that he qualified and he was a business owner and we were able to help him for a hundred thousand dollars. So if you're a food and beverage worker, if there's anything that comes up that's unforeseen, um, we've had people that have insurance, but you know, their di- their diabetes medication is no longer covered. <laughs> it's just a wild world that we live in. So it really, we don't limit it to a specific thing. We say it has to be an unforeseen expense. And um, then, like I said, our caseworkers hop on board and are really going to ask you those questions. Um, you know, during COVID, we, we have about four full-time caseworkers, but we're able to ramp up. And we actually cross-trained so many members of the food and beverage community that they are able to, if we see an influx of need in a specific area, is it a hurricane? Is it like something that's happened in Hawaii? You know, we've given back over $200,000 in Hawaii. Uh, we're able to bring in these caseworkers to make sure we're able to get back to you quickly as well. So yeah, that's a great thing. I was going to, I was going to ask you that actually, because it, it, you know, we're yeah. talking about sort of individual one-off situations, but this does apply uh, for natural disasters as well. It does. And, and, and yeah. uh, for folks geographically, uh, where do you need to be to apply? Anywhere, anywhere in the U.S. Anywhere in the U.S. Okay. We have helped someone in every single state in the U.S. Uh, it can obviously be Hawaii as well and Puerto Rico. Um, so ge- geograph- geographically, it does not matter. Um, we're here to help. Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, Lynn, do me a favor. Tell us a little bit about Elijah Craig itself. Um, you know, just a little bit about the brand. And obviously the Heaven Hill family is pretty big with what y'all have going on there. Uh, but tell us about Elijah Craig specifically. You mentioned uh, being the father of modern bourbon or uh, bourbon. Absolutely. So Elijah Craig um, is a person who is um, a real person and who um, is very important into the world of bourbon as we know it. Um, he had his distillery established in 1789 in Bourbon County, which at that point was actually part of Virginia. It wasn't Kentucky at the time. And so you have to think about what, how you ship things in 1789. New Orleans was a big port of trade, so New Orleans plays into this story. You shipped everything down the Mississippi River, and you shipped it in barrels. And those barrels often were used over and over again. You shipped nails, you shipped pickles, you shipped fish. 
You also shipped whiskey. Um, but generally, whiskey was shipped in new barrels, barrels that hadn't had anything go into it yet. Um, but Elijah Craig, he had a fire, and his barrels burnt, and he had whiskey that was ready to sell. And so he had no choice but to put his whiskey in those burnt barrels. And it took about six months to go down the Mississippi River, you know, we say a growing season, to hit New Orleans. And what came out of these barrels was this delicious brown whiskey that had so much more flavor and texture than kind of that tawny straw, woodsy whiskey that you were tasting. And since it was Bourbon County, those barrels were stamped bourbon. And there started to be requests for people, we want the brown whiskey, we want the bourbon whiskey. Mm -hmm. And so one of the laws of bourbon is that whiskey has to age in an American oak barrel that's been charred, first time use. And so that is why Elijah Craig himself was known as the father of modern bourbon. Um, at Heaven Hill, um, Elijah Craig, this brand was an innovation of ours, and it was actually the creation of Parker Bean, um, another very important figure in the history of whiskey. Um, Parker Beam was our second master distiller um, and created so many amazing brands for us. And uh, Elijah Craig was his was his baby, was his child. Um, okay. So we've been making that since 1986. It's a bourbon, so it leads with corn. It's 78% corn. Um, we use a lot of barley. It's got 12% barley because it's natural fermentation. But it's got a little nice spice of rye in there, so it's got 10% rye, which gives it some texture, some oiliness. Um, it's a fantastic brand, and now we have in the Elijah Craig family, we've got Elijah Craig rye, we've got the Elijah Craig um, uh, barrel proof that comes out three times a year. Mm-hmm. I can tell you the uh, C-series for this year, C923, is delicious. Okay, I'm making uh, a note. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, 13 years, 7 months at 133 proof. Um, I haven't tasted anything like it. And then of course, once a year, we released the Elijah Craig 18 year. Fantastic. So it's the whole, whole big family in Elijah Craig, the whole big family in Elijah Craig. Well, thanks for giving right. us that rundown, Lynn. <laughs> uh, do me a favor, Caroline. You guys, so we ha- we'll re- remind everybody here of Old Fashioned Week and the dates and all that stuff in just a second. But you guys at Southern Smoke Found- Foundation have a, a big fandango coming up here. So th- this show, by the time people hear this, th- it'll be just days away. Uh, but but tell people about the festival that you got going on on the 13th and 14th, I think, in October. Is that right? Yeah, it's uh, October 13th and 14th. We have our big Southern Smoke Festival, which is based in Houston. Um, we really kick off on the 14th with about 5,000 people in downtown Houston and Discovery Green. So lots of great food, lots of great beverage. Um, if you aren't able to join us, we will have have um, an online amazing auction that we'd love for everybody to check out. There are a lot of great surprises on there and we're excited about it for this year. And if anyone's in town, please grab a ticket. Uh, We are sold out for VIPs, but we still have a few GAs left and would love to see y'all out there. Fantastic. I, you know, you, you invited me to come out Caroline this year and I can't swing it this year. I will be there next year. I promise. So please. We're going to get Lynn there next year too. That sounds good. Lynn, we're going, (laughs) Lynn, we're definitely going next year. Like, all right, all it's right. a date. That, that sounds like <laughs> it's a date, indeed. Well, okay, you got, let's circle back, y'all, on on Old Fashioned Week. So we mentioned um, if you are a bar owner, you're in the hospitality industry, and you operate a bar, beverage director, bartender, whatever, and you want to get involved. What, how, how do people get involved if you're if you have a, a property? If you have a property, you can just go on to our oldfashionedweek.com and you can register your account. Um, also, we are doing um, even if you don't have a bar. Um, 
people can go on. Um, we have a sweepstakes where we're giving out bar kits and such, some really fun kind of nice swag so that people can make their own old fashions. Um, and if you are a bartender, you can also go on and register. We're hosting a bartender competition this year. Um, and so um, it's show us your twist on an old fashioned. That submission at thisfashionweek.com will be up for the month. Um, and then we'll be featuring uh, the winner of that in a really great book that we're going to launch our first old fashioned book next year. So excited. So that bartender will um, uh, have a little cash prize as well as um, oh, cool. be able to be featured in that book. Um, and then you could also, um, if you are just uh, an imbiber of old fashions and want to know where you can go to support, you can go to eater.com um, again, and you can plug in your, zip code and it will tell you what bars and restaurants in your neighborhood city um, are supporting this this week. Fantastic. I, I went on online to the oldfashionedweek.com so you can do the same thing as you can on Eater to find an establishment near you and I just put in New Orleans for fun and there's you, you could pr- pretty much walk out of your place in New Orleans, turn right or left, and you will find a participating bar. It's kind of how it works in New Orleans. You find a bar, and m- many of them <laughs> are participating in Old Fashioned Week, which is fantastic. Actually, uh, you, you mentioned something, Lynn, real quick, as I uh, maybe elaborate on this. Last year, um, and I think this is what you were talking about, you guys did like, if you just want to make one at home, you can just do an Instagram post with a hashtag, right? Is that how right. that works? Uh, so this year we're doing it a little different. I mean, we would love okay. to see what your old fashions are. Um, but this year we actually really want to make sure that we're putting peep seats in people's venues. So that's how we are for everyone that sold a dollar up from that cocktail will go towards old fashioned week. All right. So get out of the house, friends. I mean, get out, get of, the out house. of the house. Go support your neighborhood bar. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, and it's uh, October 13th through the 22nd, friends. Oldfashionedweek.com has information. Caroline, will you tell people how uh, folks can find out more about the Southern Smoke Foundation? I know you accept donations. So, you know, let's <laughs> <laughs> tell people about how they can write a check. You know that. <laughs> uh, you know, I just had a sneaky suspicion. <laughs> we do. You can find us at southernsmoke.org. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, really any place. And we're usually under Southern Smoke. Fantastic. It's a, it's a really worthy cause. It's a great organization, friends. You can read more about the history of it, how Chris Shepard, uh, Chef Chris Shepard, got it started. Uh, and actually, you can go back and listen to the show that we did, Lynn, with you last year and Chris, because we actually did a pretty good deep dive into the history of the organization. So if you want to learn more, just go to noladrinks.com, put in Old Fashioned Week, it'll pop up. Uh, Lynn and Caroline, it's been a pleasure. It's great to see you both. And uh, thanks so much for making time. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you all. All right. (laughs) Friends, a brief musical interlude, and I'll be back to close things out. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening into the show, friends, this time around. Happy to have had you here. Thanks to Lynn and Caroline for joining me. Great conversation. Uh, I thought it was really fun. You know, we talked about this at the beginning of the show, and of course, we talked about it during the interview. We let you know about the Southern Smoke Foundation. Uh, let me say this first real quick. Uh, go check them out. Again, we said this, but southernsmoke.org, really, really fine organization, do a lot of great work in the hospitality industry. They continue to grow their footprint. Their ability to assist continues to get larger, and I just look forward to seeing what they do in the future. But uh, check them out. They do accept donations, as we mentioned. Once again, southernsmoke.org. And if you're interested in Old Fashioned Week, if you want to 
Go get yourself an old-fashioned and help raise some money for a charitable cause that is very worthwhile. Or if you uh, want to participate as a venue, again, not too late, just go to oldfashionedweek.com and uh, check it out. Old Fashioned Week starts tomorrow, Friday, October 13th, and runs through the 22nd. And I got to tell you, I was poking around, as I mentioned during the interview. You know, there's a place where on the website where uh, find a bar. And uh, here in the New Orleans area, as you might expect, lots and lots and lots of bars are participating. But all over the country and parts of Canada are in Canada as well. Lots of bars are participating. So it is really not very difficult, I would think, in most places to find a participating bar. And as we importantly talked about, not only are you supporting the Southern Smoke Foundation and the hospitality industry, but you're supporting your local hospitality venue, which is also a very important thing. But hey, I did really enjoy uh, talking about some of the variations on the old-fashioned, especially some of the seasonal ones, uh, and, and we mentioned this too, but if you go to Old Fashioned Week, uh, they have the you know certainly a classic recipe, but then they have some uh, really cool seasonal uh, recipes or variations on the old-fashioned, I should say probably more correctly, that you can go check out, make something at home, get on social media, hashtag Old Fashioned Week. That's always a good thing to do as well. As I mentioned at the top of the show, friends, we'll be back with some new shows pretty soon. Uh, we're working on a show uh, featuring award-winning independent spirits, and we're going to kind of try and base some of that it's still a work in progress, but uh, based on some of the winners at the New Orleans Spirits competition, we did a show on that not all that long ago uh, with the guys behind the New Orleans Spirits competition. Go to our website, noladrinks.com, and uh, you'll see that episode right there on the homepage. Uh, connect with us on social media. We're at Nola Drinks. Yeah, there you go. Pretty easy there on the IG and the FB. That's where you can find us. So, friends, hey, once again, thanks for joining me here on the program. Uh, remember to be kind to one another. Use your turn signal. Put your shopping cart up. When you're supposed to, hit reply all. And until next time, cheers, y'all.